0: Welcome to the Truth Across Time Podcast. I'm your host, Sheila Farmer. As a lifelong student of history and English, I enjoy learning about the cultures, customs, and lifestyles in the Bible. Please join me as we explore the fascinating world of biblical events and the people involved. You'll see that the people of the Bible had concerns, triumphs and tragedies, joys and sorrows, successes and failures, not too different from our own. But because the Bible is God's Word, we can learn spiritual, eternal truths while looking at those people. Now let's go on this adventure and explore the truths that cross the limits of time and location. Welcome to the next episode in the Humanity of Our Heroes series. This week we're going to take a look at Peter. Peter, the big fisherman, the close friend and follower of Jesus the Lion of God, some call him, larger than life, yet so relatable. He was one of the earliest apostles, one of the earliest disciples of Jesus. His Hebrew name was Simeon. The Greek version of Simeon is Simon. His original home was Bethsaida, a fishing village on the northern shore of the Sea of Galilee, not too far from Capernaum. Both he and his brother Andrew were fishermen. He was almost certainly not highly educated because he was of the working class, but he was literate. He could read and write and probably even knew a little Greek. Greek was commonly used in that day, especially in the area of the Decapolis. The Decapolis was made up of ten predominantly Gentile areas of Israel. Peter later lived in Capernaum. He was married. Luke chapter 4 records how Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law when he went to Peter's house after a service in the local synagogue. Many people have a mental picture of Peter. Bold, outspoken, often putting his foot in his mouth. People love Peter because we can relate to him so readily. We've either been like that ourselves, or perhaps no family members or friends who are. I think that sometimes it's too easy to fall into the trap of categorizing Peter, unfairly maybe, because of his flaws. Yes, he was outspoken, sometimes when he should have been quiet. Yes, he sometimes said the wrong thing. And yes, he was almost certainly had a hot temper, especially in his younger life. But these things, which we see as flaws, and they are, also endear him to us. He also exercised faith at times when others didn't. For instance, he was the first disciple to clearly proclaim Jesus as the Christ the Son of God. Another example, he was the only one who got out of the boat and walked on the water during a storm on the Sea of Galilee. The other stayed in the boat. Later, after Jesus' resurrection and on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit was poured out on Jesus' disciples, Peter was a changed man. He was still bold, still outspoken, but now those features were transformed into a powerful witness for Jesus. He was used mightily by God to help take the gospel to the world, to help turn the world upside down. He still had some learning to do, and the New Testament records a lot of that learning. But he was truly a giant of the faith, and there's no question that he deserves the title of Hero of the Faith. For the purpose of this podcast, I want to focus on just one episode in Peter's life, one that I think we can all relate to and learn from. His behavior when Jesus was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane and taken away to endure a sham of a trial with the result being his crucifixion the next day. I'm sure everybody knows Judas' role in the betrayal of Jesus. He was the one who betrayed Jesus for the 30 pieces of silver. And you probably know that when he saw what was actually going to happen to Jesus, when he saw he was going to be executed, Judas killed himself. The guilt over what he had done was way too much for him to bear. But let's think about this for just a minute. Yes, Judas betrayed Jesus, and he lives on as an example of despicable behavior, of evil. His very name is used to indicate a backstabber, a betrayer. But how about Peter? Peter. Today, I'm reading from the book of Luke, first from chapter 22, verses 31 through 34. Jesus and his apostles had just had the Passover meal, and Jesus had introduced what we call the Lord's Supper, or communion. Of course, this is to honor and remember Jesus's sacrifice on the cross, what he endured to purchase our salvation, Jesus was sharing some last thoughts with the Apostles, and he was again preparing them for his coming crucifixion and death. True to form, Peter has something to say. He loved Jesus, and he couldn't bear the thought of him being taken away. Starting with verse 31, it says, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon. Indeed, Satan has asked for you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. But Peter said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you, both to prison and to death. Then Jesus said, I tell you, Peter, The rooster shall not crow this day before you will deny me three times that you know me. I'm sure we all remember what happened. In the next couple of hours, Peter was put to the test, and he failed, just like Jesus said he would. Jesus was arrested and taken initially to the high priest's house. The next passage I'm gonna read is also from Luke chapter 22, starting at verse 54 and going through 62. Having arrested him, they led him and brought him into the high priest's house, but Peter followed at a distance. Now when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat among them, and a certain servant girl seeing him as he sat by the fire, looked intently at him and said, This man was also with Jesus. But Peter denied him, saying, Woman, I do not know him. And after a little while, another saw him and said, You also are of them. But Peter said, Man, I am not. Then after about an hour had passed, Another confidently affirmed, saying, Surely this fellow was also with him, for he is a Galilean. But Peter said, Man, I do not know what you are saying. Immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said to him, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times." So Peter went out and wept bitterly. Judas betrayed Jesus. Peter betrayed Jesus. Judas killed himself and was condemned for all eternity. But Peter ultimately became a pillar of the early church. With a great ministry that lasted for the rest of his life, preaching, teaching, healing, every facet of ministry. 2,000 years later, he's still known and honored throughout the world. He was truly a fierce lion for God, and his role in the development of Christianity is huge. So, what was the difference between Judas? And Peter, well, here's how I understand it. Judas was bitterly sorry for what he had done for betraying Jesus. He allowed his sorrow to overwhelm him, and he made the decision about what to do next. The evil one, Satan, had hold of him and drove him on. Judas' pride had caused him to play right into Satan's hands. And actually, this process had started well before the night that Jesus was arrested. Peter, too, had agonized over his betrayal of Jesus. But he didn't stop there. He repented with bitter tears. He didn't just take matters into his own hands. He knew he had done wrong, and he was genuinely sorry, and he repented. The rest is history. He was restored, and he went on to a great ministry, one of the most impactful in human history. Judas and Peter, two extreme examples. What can we learn from them? So, so much. But here's the main idea for this broadcast. Peter failed miserably, but he loved Jesus, and he humbled himself, and he repented. We sometimes hate what we've done or what we've said, and we can be ashamed to own up to it, even to the Lord, even though we know that he already knows. But we must take ownership of our actions. Our pride has to be overcome and brought under subjection to the Holy Spirit. You know, it sounds funny, but pride can cause us undue shame and embarrassment. Yes, pride. We should feel guilt when we do wrong, but it can actually be pride at the root that causes us to stay there. A godly sense of guilt will lead us to turn to God. A godly sense of guilt is actually conviction from the Holy Spirit. And we will confess our sin to him and will repent. It takes humility to accept forgiveness, even from God, maybe especially from God. Because you know you don't deserve it. You certainly can't earn it. But you can accept it as a gift. Jesus' sacrifice makes that possible. And we have to understand that it's only because of his sacrifice that our sins can be forgiven. We must be humble in accepting that gift. When you fail... When you mess up, even when you sin, take a page from Peter's book, turn to God, confess, repent, and ask for help. God loves you, and Jesus paid a horrific price for our salvation and for our forgiveness. Accept that love and forgiveness. Let Him pick you up, dust you off, and set you back on track. We are all flawed, but we serve a flawless Savior, and He can and will use us for great things if only we'll love Him and stay dependent on Him. Because depending on anything else and anyone else is depending on quicksand please join me on my next podcast as we study more truth across time i hope this podcast encourages you to develop a closer relationship with jesus but if you haven't made a decision to follow christ i pray you will ask him to be the lord of your life today god bless see you next week